Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT and Leanne After Hours, the conversation that continued after the show was done. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to our, well, I should say, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with um, Leanne Whippen, and uh, Miss Dr. Barbecue, Mr. Ray Lampy is with us. Uh, you got two accolades there. So I want to follow up on where we left off in the regular show. I come from the horse world and things were, we had baselines and stuff and then things started to go. Uh, some of us wanted to get a little more creative with it, depending on the division and the class and other people didn't, you had traditionalists, which was fine. Uh, that was a lot of the animals we were looking at, but what we ended up doing, and I'm just throwing this out there for you guys to think about this. We ended up creating some classes, much like Leanne was talking about at the World Food Championships. And then you were talking about that last category, an, an additional category, where people could get very creative. We still had some parameters, but they were there was a pretty small list of them. I'll put it that way. And you could really go out and if you wanted to do... Um, if you wanted to do ribs or if you wanted to do chicken or, or pull or whatever, you could get very creative with it. And I actually think that from my own little pea brain is that's the kind of thing that will take uh barbecue to the stratosphere, something like that versus like we said at the show, Ray, we see 1500 pictures of cooked brisket every week on social media mm -hmm. and now they've gotten the habit of slicing it in the middle and picking it up and watching the juice run out and blah 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 okay if i go to my neighbor who has no interest in anything but like eating a good steak off the grill <clears throat> that's it he has no interest in that that brisket <clears throat> excuse me but if we could show them something with that to be creative, like you were saying and Leanne was saying, he might have an interest in that particular recipe or something. Mm -hmm. I'd like your guys' thoughts on that. Well, yeah, I'm all about things getting creative. I mean, I think we need, absolutely need to do that because um, it's we're going to run out of people that want to keep looking at the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. tend to think... Um, I think that we've got to figure out and, and it's a shame that it doesn't progress. So, you know, what we should be talking about is, wow, everybody now accepts what real barbecue is. And now we're taking it to new heights. And there's a lot of people doing it. I'm not saying that that's not happening mostly, but in restaurants, you know, that yeah. in restaurants, a lot of them are doing it. Um, but in, in the competition world, the problem is going to be. So what you're describing is we just have a wide open category. Uh if you so at the world food championship we had qualified judges 
that real barbecue experts that mm-hmm. were there to judge it. So you understood what was going on here. Um, if we threw into that out to, to the big competition circuits, not sure we have that. They're, they've been they've been bred on the you know with the standard that exists now, and it'd be I'm not sure a creative, beautifully cooked piece of meat that had a little different spin on it. If you put a, a really nice Asian Korean sauce on a piece of pork butt, I think you'd probably lose because mm-hmm. that would be not what we're expecting. You know, mm-hmm. is it really good barbecue? Yeah, of course it is. It's really good barbecue. It's different. Yeah. Leanne? Well, uh, you know, that's the thing. You know, we need to step out of the box if we're going to make any changes. And the problem is, is, you know, I know when I was cooking for as many years as I was in the same comps and the same rules, it would be very hard for me if you lifted those rules for me to change. And, you know, people resist change. And I think a lot of the barbecue cooks out there that compete are used to what they're doing. And I don't know if they're capable to have the creativity, a lot of them, because they're just so focused on what they've learned over the years. So making that change into the creativity, if we're going to go that direction or bringing in different proteins, I don't think it's going to be well-received, even though I think it would take it to another level. Yeah, I think- you're I think you're right. I, I call these a lot of the cooks. I, I think of them as technicians because they're just phenomenal at doing what they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how they cut this stuff to be so perfect. Um, but again, if you had they needed to be creative, I'm not sure they could pull it off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think and, and especially coming from a TV background, if you will. And we talked about this in in the regular show. Something like. You know short ribs just say short ribs for whatever reason and you're doing that and you're doing something like you said maybe a korean sauce on them or or what have you i don't i don't care use your imagination i think that's what will get the general public continually interested in honing their skills on the grill or the smoker or the flat top or whatever the hell they're using they can still do that um and I'm not dissing any of the the competition people, not whatsoever. I just think that uh, they've kind of boxed themselves in. Is my overview of that kind of like what you were saying, Ray? They've the the there's a, a set of parameters that they use in the cooking, and that's fine for those particular cooking contests. But I think you could make it really exceptionally interesting and fun for people if you. You keep those parameters like we talked about as kind of a baseline. Some of them. Well, in a weird way, it's almost like the competition cooking and food and people is being left behind. Um, yeah. yeah. Restaurants have done this. You know, I yeah. mentioned Aaron, Aaron Franklin earlier. They've got a restaurant where he partnered with a, uh, an Asian chef. I don't know what exactly the theme is of the, the combination, but it was to marry barbecue with that and and it, it's i think they've been really successful i think they just opened a second one and there's plenty of that around the country um we did it you know in my restaurant and everybody is trying so the restaurants and and, and real chefs are going up beyond look at who hosts barbecue brawl while it it sort of frosts my ass that well, we've got sunny and and who's the other uh is it alex no it's not oh and and uh, burrell now mm-hmm. I mean, I like them girls and, and, but they're not 
what is Ann Burrell's a New Yorker? She doesn't have a background in barbecue. Bobby, Bobby Flay does, and he he's mm-hmm. owned it for years. But but it just shows you where we're going with this. They don't right. want just straight, you know, they'd have me and Leanne judging if they wanted just straight barbecue people. So this right. is good. This is means we're we're progressing and we're mm-hmm. we're trying to, you know, combine barbecue into the mainstream of culinary, which is great. And that's going in one direction and going well. Um, and competition is sort of being left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so, when I, I uh, Leanne, you can address this too, and so can Ray, but you do shows around the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Uh, last few years, I've been not doing conventional cooks on like my turkeys for the shows I do, all right? I've, I've got them in my smoker. Different than, you know, put them in the oven at, 235 or whatever it is and blah, 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 blah. I've made it different. One, because it looks different. The outcome looks different. And two, when you're doing live television, the one thing you don't want is to have your oven all tied up. So I had to figure out that it was easier just to step outside and film out there, putting the turkey in and then doing the pull shots and all that stuff. So uh, I've tried to integrate that into what I do on the boob tube. And and I agree with Ray. It's worked really well for me. Uh, the the audience response, the emails mm-hmm. I get, the TV producers I work with, and that they really like that. Some of the hardcore barbecue guys, they're like, eh, whatever. So the guy from Flame Boss, I don't know if you guys ever have him on. Um, he he told me one day the busiest day of the year at Flame Boss for customer service is Thanksgiving that they have to have all hands on deck because everybody maybe got a brand new one or, yeah. or say something happens with theirs, or they're just trying to figure out what to, how to set it up properly. And he, so, I mean, that's the good news. I mean, you know, I remember when I was young, the Weber kettle Turkey for Thanksgiving, you know, we kind of became a thing, but it was pretty rare. Now, can you imagine how many turkeys get smoked? on thanksgiving i mean it's come a long way we always got to remember that in chicago oh, yeah. in chicago thanksgiving was the busiest day for us um and honestly down here when i open up uh deviled pig thanksgiving was one of the biggest days for us yeah, yeah for barbecue restaurants yeah most typically they sell the amount of turkeys that will actually fit in their smoker yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's we how many you sell. sell that's it. We'd sell out and we'd say we're done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not something you can whip up in two hours. That's correct. You right. know, like that. But, but I mean, it's literally that popular that every barbecue restaurant pretty much fills their smoker when, mm-hmm. Wednesday or Thursday at four o'clock in the morning. Or right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Like that. Um, when you're looking let's let's jump back for just a second ray when you're looking at a rest uh at a recipe or you've gone to a restaurant and you've had a a dish uh that really intrigues you do you actually ask i mean i you obviously know how they prepared most of it or if not all of it but if there's a piece of it that you haven't quite figured out how they tweaked it do you ask them or do you go home and just try to fuss with it and do it on your own if i know the chef i'd ask him for sure Uh, if i don't i probably wouldn't um you know part of the fun is trying to figure it out on your own um i mean you know i'm I'm very lucky it's it's not very often i go into a nice restaurant and don't have some conversation with the chef 
whether I knew him ahead of time or not. And sure. you know, I mean, we're just very blessed like that. So, so yeah, I mean, if, again, if I'm having a conversation, I would, I wouldn't necessarily seek it out. I would probably then just try to wing it on my own, which both are fun. You know, yeah. I'm trying to recreate something on your own is, is, and, and like you were saying about with cookbook recipes, you know, you tweak it. You don't necessarily tweak it to correct the other no. person's recipe. You tweak it to what your family likes. And, and that's mm-hmm. what you should do. You know, if you like more garlic on your whatever we're cooking, by all means, put more garlic on it. I don't I'm not offended by that. Um, but I, and, you know, but again, you're not fixing the recipe. You're making it your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Leanne, do you uh, do you go in and demand to see the chef and say yeah, she does? Yes, yeah, she does. <laughs> I'm extremely demanding. Um, I must meet with the chef and let him know exactly how I want things prepared. What he did um, wrong. Tell and, him what he did and, wrong. And yeah. is he open to honesty at the end of the meal for when I critique him? And can he take it? Yeah. <laughs> so when, when, you, when you were in Chicago, did people do that to you? Uh, people, you know, the weirdest thing is people would always bring me their barbecue sauce. I found, I found that so <laughs> odd. Like, oh, can you try this? And because everyone says their barbecue is better than, you know, yeah. the restaurant that you always hear that. Um, yeah, lots of sauces brought in and they wanted honesty. And I tried to be honest and suggestions, actually, they would ask for. But uh, when I do go out to eat and I have something that is really out of sight, I do ask the chef. Um, I'm not asking for, oh, can you write down the recipe? Um, but if if I can't quite figure out something or something that I'm like, what is that that's in there? I will ask. And I, you know, most chefs are pretty open to giving that information out because they consider it a compliment. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you really want to know how to recreate this at home or whatever. I I, for the most part, you know, will if I'm like flipped out about like, oh, I've never thought about cooking it that way. I'll try to do it on my own. But if there's something I can't put my finger on, I will ask the chef if, you know, if the chef is there. You, you know, know, I think too, Leanne and, and Leanne and I actually eat a lot together. We hang out <laughs> together regularly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think more often than ingredients or flavor, it's more of a technique. Like, mm-hmm. you know, something it's like, what, how the heck did he do that? Um, yeah. and, and, and again, I find chefs are generally happy to share it. I always am. You always are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we didn't, in, most of the stuff, we didn't invent it. We just kind of yeah. tweaked it and customized it. Yeah. Did I ever tell you my uh, Mazatlan story? Leanne? No, no, right? no. Okay. Years ago, <clears throat> buddy of mine and I went to Mazatlan for 10 days. Uh, and my body's still paying for that trip, I think. <laughs> but we were at this little restaurant. It was kind of on, uh, sat out over this pier called Poncho's. I don't even know if it's still there. I haven't been back recently, but went in there. And of course, we were about two thirds tanked up and completely tanked up by the time we got done with dinner. But they brought me this pork steak, which was fabulous just fabulous wouldn't have anything to do with the blood alcohol content of a rhino that i had in me but i'm just telling you it was fabulous and they had the best horseradish that went with it Mm -hmm. so chef jeff here has to get up and go trundling into the kitchen and I probably sound something like this. Radish. But what I tried to say was that was the best horseradish I think I've ever had. What is it? Do you make it like that? He points up to the shelf and it's beaver horseradish made in Beaverton, Oregon, 15 miles from where I live. 
All right. Same <laughs> stuff. So I'm I'm always leery to go back and try to talk to somebody after that deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's a thing, you know. I mean, if you find something really good, it's no sin to mm -hmm. use somebody's pre-made product. If it's good, generally you end up not doing it because it's not cost effective. Right. Um, right. You know, right. that's you may love that horseradish, but it's cheaper to make your own or, you know, mm -hmm. tweak up, tweak up the Cisco brand or something. Yeah. Than it is to get that stuff from from Mex to Mexico from Morgan. God, I felt like mm -hmm. such a dumbass. And I'm sure everybody that was at the table with us would have agreed. But uh, that was something else. Um, what's the best thing you've eaten lately, Ray? Absolutely best. It can be barbecue. It can be something off a drive through I don't care. My favorite thing these days, and we're going to go get one Friday, is the grouper sandwich at Dockside Dave's up by the beach here in St. Pete. I, Sandy, you've been telling me about this place for 15 years. We've been together and just never got around to it. We don't go out by the beach much because in general, the places aren't that great and they're overpriced. And so we, we, you know, we occasionally, but Finally, I was over in the neighborhood with some friends of mine from Chicago, and we went to Dockside Dave's, and it was great. They they are serious about it. They charge you, you know, a grouper sandwich. The grouper is a big deal down here, and it's not mm -hmm. cheap. But they gave you a big hunk. They cook it right. And man, it's that. And I'm going to eat. Well, I may go eat one tonight. Oh, uh, they we're talking about. <laughs> And it's it's a dump of a place. I mean, it's I, you a, know what? It's a I bar. have not been there and don't know about it. And I well, love come on, let's sandwiches, go. but I'm spoiled because my son-in-law is. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm going over there now to get some grouper to make grouper sandwiches. <laughs> so uh, other than spoiled. grouper, Miss Whippin, what are what's uh, something that you've stumbled onto lately that you really like? You mean in a restaurant? Yeah, or I don't care. Even somebody's house. Honestly, I haven't really been out to too many restaurants <laughs> lately. Um, you know, as I said, that fish that I made, I, I'm not even a huge fish eater, but that snapper skin on, uh, and I cooked it high. It was like 400. Internal temperature was like 145 and just a lot of spice on it. Fresh lemon, delicious. Um and tried um, a pork loin um, at my mom's house last weekend. And I normally don't like honey in things because mm -hmm. it's too sweet for me. But I made a sauce for it that had like garlic, honey, soy, um, did a dry rub on it. And kind of thinking outside of the box, my normal flavor profile. And I was pleasantly surprised how much I liked it. And I thought to myself, I need to be more creative for myself and and with ingredients and don't you know say oh i don't like that and and just try different things more well i think we get in habits you know and yeah, habits, of cooking the right. way and, and it's because it's what you like but mm -hmm. but that's not you know we're, we're both very involved in this food world i'm not just making dinner most days i'm i'm exploring yeah. i'm right i'm trying different things and i'm i'm with you though you get stuck in the same rut and you really should yeah and and I, so i kind of learned my lesson with that so. i'm surprised you made a pork loin that's not yeah. something most chefs cook. Yeah, no, but so it was a it was a good dry rub, you know, with thyme, rosemary, garlic, onion powder. Um, but anyway, this sauce really, really amped it up because you brush it on after you roast it a little bit. And, you know, I didn't do it on the grill too, which is unusual for me. But um really enjoyed the flavors together. It had a little Asian twist to it. So what's anyway, what's yeah. your favorite? What's your favorite thing to work with as far as a flavor profile? Do you like lots of garlic on your stuff? Do you like 
I'm very, very spicy oriented. Okay. So I'm always using the usual suspects. Well, of course, salt, pepper, uh, cayenne. I really like chili powder. <laughs> you know, I, I like spicy things and spicy sauces. So, Ray, um, what about you? You know, I try to not stay in the one lane. Um, so I, for me, I would say it's about the answer would be balance, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be too much of anything, but the one ingredient I use probably more than most folks is chili powder mm-hmm. and it's mild. I use, uh, I buy it from Texas. It's called, uh, uh, it's, uh, San Antonio red. It's, uh, I can't think of a name in a place right now. Oh, Penderes, not Penzies, Penderes, oh, P-N-D-E-R-Y-S.com. It's a 150 year old spice house in Fort Worth. And it, it hasn't changed much. And I always buy this, you know, ground chilies from them and it's mild. So it's kind of like paprika, but like kicked up paprika. Um, it's probably one thing I use more than most folks and I sneak mm-hmm. it in because it doesn't taste like chili when I get done. I just use a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's one thing you guys don't use? Absolutely. You're not fond of using lettuce. Uh, mace. <laughs> mace. I don't mace? like mace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one. Lettuce. Oh my God. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big celery fan. <laughs> Now, <laughs> what's I, the point? Really? I, uh, I, I like, uh, I like celery, but only using it certain ways. Yeah, you know? for crunchiness. It really crunchiness, yeah, flavor. for texture. Yeah. Well, it almost does... like filler sometimes, like in yeah. soup. You got to put a yeah. bunch of celery in it, something floating around. <laughs> yeah. <in there>. Right. <laughs> or don't do like my mom used to do. She used to, uh, uh, growing up on a farm, we we had a lot, especially in the wintertime, we ate a lot of stew. There was at least one night a week we had stew, right? And when times were tough and you'd be eating your stew and you'd think, you know, it's it's a very, what do I want to say, basic thing, some beef, some potatoes, uh, you know, maybe some other vegetables in there. But she would put either turnips or rutabagas in there. And when you're a kid... And you think you're you're going to get a great big hunk of nice, really juicy, tender beef and a big hunk of potato in there. And it's a piece of rutabaga. That's that's cheating on a kid. That's what that is. That's 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 cheating. Mm-hmm. And so I learned to kind of pick around them. I'll eat them now if I have to. But it's not one of the. So I'll tell you something about me cooking soups and stews braising things is what i really like to do i yeah. if i could have made a name for myself by doing that i would be dr braising um, <laughs> that's my grandma was from france and that's who taught me how to cook and uh not not she was a poor they were poor people from france so she she braised everything always made a pan sauce we had a lot of soups and stews mm-hmm. and gravies and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and to this day it's what i love to cook what's in my fridge right now that i've been meaning to cook is some beef shanks like oh, the sliced yeah. ones like uh and that's the kind of thing i cook and so i got into during covid I started like a lot of us obsessively bought things online. I probably have 25 Le Creuset pots that I bought <laughs> oh uh, new God. ones, used ones, vintage ones, big ones, little wow. ones. I, I've, I've obsessively uh, 
uh, bought those. So if you want to come to my house and look at them, you can. I, I mm-hmm. We will do that at some point. When we're doing the golf stuff, we'll come over and take oh, an inventory. Yeah. Uh-huh. How's that? We can we can do that. You know, um, my father-in-law, uh, whenever you would go up to him and Grandma Pat's house up at the coast, and if it was in the wintertime when you walked in there, it didn't matter what Grandma Pat was going to fix everybody for dinner. There was always a pot of beans on the stove. Mm-hmm. Always a pot of red beans, uh, maybe a little onion. Pretty basic stuff. Um, of course, I was always into smoked ham hocks and stuff, but he would never put those in there. He was mm. just beans and, and a little bit of onion and some seasoning. And, of course, then he drowned the damn things in Tabasco sauce, which don't get me started on that. But anyway, <laughs> th- those basics, you know, sensations uh, that you smelled and you could almost taste it when you walked in the door, I think. I think if they could take some of those things and put them into competitive cooking, it would be great. That's my yeah. thought. That would be really good. Uh, Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. Ray, it is always such a pleasure to have you yes. on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to hang out with you guys, too. It's always fun. Look forward to doing it in person one of these days. We will. And yeah. you got to keep an eye on my partner down there for me. She's she's quick. She's little, but she's quick. I have seen her quick. much lately. I don't know what she's been doing. I better check in on her. You better check in. taking care of my mommy. Yes, she has. And she's been doing a great job of that. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up this week for After Hours, everybody. We want to thank Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, and uh, thank... Uh, what is your name? Oh, yeah, Leanne Whippin. Ms. Whippin, mm. as I call her, my co-pilot, co-host, and uh, dear friend. Both of them are dear friends. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Until then, turn it, don't burn it, and take care. <laughs>